Pass the bread, please. Would you like some cream in your coffee? Oh, yeah, I love butter. Pass the faith, too, please. Pass the faith. These are words you're not likely going to hear at the dinner table. Hi, my name is Dan Dick, and I'm your host for Church Matters. Please Pass the Faith, The Art of Spiritual Grandparenting is the title of a new book by Elsie Rempel, Formation Consultant for Mennonite Church Canada. Elsie holds a master's degree in theology with a focus on Christian education, education and arts degrees, and has been involved in teaching in a Christian setting for 40 years. She's also the grandparent of four youngsters. Welcome to Church Matters, Elsie. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So what's this book about, Elsie? Please Pass the Faith is a medley of theory, stories, and personal experiences about older and younger people growing in faith together. Why did you want to write this book, and why now? Hmm, several reasons. First of all, my life of ministry with children has blessed me deeply, and so I want to share what I've learned with others who haven't had the chance to learn from children like I have. Secondly, there's a new wave of young seniors in our churches, and they represent a great blessing, but also a potential problem for the life of the church. And so I wanted to uh, tap into that resource and help them become a blessing. And thirdly, churches have asked us at Mennonite Church Canada for resources that can help them uh, in regards to ministry with seniors. And they've also asked us, how do we keep young people in our churches? And those are things that drove my research, workshops, and then eventually pulling them together into this book. You referenced the number of seniors in church as a potential problem? Yes, I think so. When the majority of heads we see when we come into a church are gray, and there's nothing, nothing wrong with gray hair, then it can become harder for younger people to feel like they have a voice, a part in shaping what that church is. And if these gray-haired seniors have an attitude of entitlement and wanting everything their way, it will feel like a seniors club and not like a place that young people will want to belong. So why was it important to write this book now? Well, perhaps because the boomers are, the boomer bulge is now retiring. So the, the number of gray heads in the church uh, are growing in number. So what role can grandparents play in the faith development of their grandchildren or other younger people in the church? Oh, so many roles. And, and that maybe should have been another reason for why I'm writing the book. Um, so many people in our society think that seniors have nothing left to offer. And that's certainly not the case. Especially now when many of the young seniors are healthy and can expect to stay healthy for another 20 years after retirement. We've got lots of energy, lots of health left during which we can be a blessing and can be of service in the church. So how can grandparents help? Grandparents and seniors connecting to young people in their church, because a lot of us don't see our, our grandchildren daily, but we do see young kids in church every Sunday that we're there. We can love those younger people unconditionally. We can keep looking for signs of God at work in and through them. We can pray for them. 
we can tell stories about our lives and how God has been active in our lives. We can ask questions of our children and the children in our church about the deeper themes that, that reside in the themes of the Christian holiday days. We can be God with skin on for the young people in our family and in our church. We can be a guide at the side for those who are older and ask questions and are too, too old to sit on our laps. We can be fellow pilgrims who help link the younger people with God's big story, both the God's story in our lives and God's story as we understand it and it's revealed to us in Scripture. Elsie, Christian parents and grandparents often have very high expectations of their children and the young people in their church. How should they respond when kids seem to reject faith in spite of their best efforts? First of all, they should take a deep breath and relax and trust God to still be working in the lives of these dear young people. Secondly, they should love them unconditionally. They should keep looking for signs of God at work in and through those young people. They should pray for them. When they can in relationship with these young people, they should tell stories of their lives that without a lot of Christian language do give testimony to how God's walking with them helps their life make a difference. They should ask these young people questions that connect to the deeper themes that are behind the church holy days. For instance, Easter. It's about persevering through hard times and then being rewarded, vindicated by God. So these young people who are rejecting the church or rejecting faith um, still go through hard times where hanging in there pays off. And just asking them questions about those experiences can help till the soil for the working of the Holy Spirit. And finally, we can live our lives of faith with humble integrity and be ready to answer questions when the questions come. I want to pick up on something you mentioned there. You said without the use of Christian language. Why is that important? Because children who are at a critical stage, or youth, or young adults who are at a critical stage in their faith development, or at a rejecting stage, will often be turned off by specific vocabulary, rather than the ideas behind them. Elsie, it sounds from your counsel like there was one or more people important to you in your faith development. If I think back to people in my family, most of my grandparents walked the talk and didn't do much talking about Christian faith. But there was a quiet integrity in all of them, and I knew that all of them loved me very, very deeply. My grandfather, Sawatsky, my mother's father, was particularly playful in uh, taking me places, in trying to tease me to trade a nickel for a dime because the nickel was bigger, and, um, and in the process, um, including me in my, his life and helping me feel special. And I, I admired him and could see um, his integrity, that he would never trick a 
a person into giving them less money in real life. And that's what made that anecdote so, so precious in our experience. As I got older, there were teachers at Westgate Mennonite Collegiate who had great integrity. There was one single woman uh, who taught me religion in grade seven, I think, when I was quite rebellious. And she made me want to grow to become more like her and um, to make a difference, a positive difference in the world. There was a Mennonite history teacher who shared many anecdotes of when he had been a prisoner of war and helped us discuss many questions of faith openly. Knowing how his life and his faith had been tested by hard times had a huge impact on how I thought about life and helped prepare me for baptism at 16. As a middle-aged person, I joined a congregation where there was a, a retired Bible college professor whose life and continued active ministry in the church had a very large impact. In particular, uh, he helped me relax about youth who are challenging faith and opened my eyes to God's bigger activity, how God continued to be active in young people's lives even when they were not open to things that we would say and do. Can you read a favorite excerpt from your book, Please Pass the Faith? Oh, gladly. The challenge is in picking just one uh, because I talk about few people of, of all ages of faith. But I will choose this one anecdote. As a five-year-old preschooler, my granddaughter, Grace, tried to stretch out her bedtime conversation for as long as possible. She asked me, her Omi, if I was born in the olden days. Yes, I was, I answered. That made sense to Grace. After all, she told me, her dad was old and came out of Omi's tummy a long time ago. After a reflective silence, Grace added, That's like Jesus. He came out of God's tummy a long time ago, too. Why did you choose that excerpt, Ilse? Perhaps because I'm very proud of my grandchildren. Uh, and this is, is just one delightful uh, excerpt out of the, way, of the ways that I've been blessed by, by younger people. But it also shows her emerging rational faith. Um, at five, the, the, the ways of thinking rationally are just, just beginning, and kids are trying to make sense of the bigger world. And, and you see that by the way she's connecting something she understands, a mystery to her that her daddy could have been a baby and come out of my tummy, but, but she's coming to understand and believe that, and using that to link to a much bigger mystery about how God and Jesus are connected. What limitations do we as parents and grandparents need to be aware of when we try to pass on the faith? We certainly can't pass on the faith like we can pass the salt or the butter uh, as you started your interview. And we can't pass it on like a, a loved piece of clothing that has been ours and that we want to, to have someone else wear just as it is. But we can help young children build a vocabulary for their spiritual experiences. We can help them develop habits um, 
for expressing our Christian faith, habits like praying at the dinner table or having a certain ritual connected with Advent. If we're fortunate enough to be in church with uh, our grandchildren or to be significantly connected with the young people in our church, we can share the joy of, of uh, participating in communion together, of uh, lighting Advent candles together, things like that. As they get older, uh, we, can, we can share their questions. We can be a safe place. We can give them experiences of belonging to a Christian community, even if they don't belong to a congregation. But our home can be a domestic church that links them significantly with God's people. And finally, we can offer them companionship uh, on this journey of faith that we are all on, whether we call it a journey of Christian faith or not. Elsie, thanks so much for being with us today and for telling us about your book, Please Pass the Faith. You're welcome, Dan. For our listeners, this book is available from MennoniteChurch.ca slash resources and from the publisher, Menno Media. Thank you to all our listeners, wherever you are. Church Matters is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. We couldn't do it without you. I invite your support for Church Matters and other Mennonite Church Canada ministries. To give, just call 1-866-888-6785 or visit MennoniteChurch.ca. My name is Dan Dick, and you've been listening to Church Matters. Know that you are called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Thanks for listening, and pass the faith, please. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living. Salt and light as people of the way. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you, the face of God shine on you every day, we are sent by God.